Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speaking of the Odyssey app, take advantage. It's free. Download it on your device. And take advantage of the Rewind feature. Highlights from our shows all day long, including uh, my chat with Chris Thomason, who covers the Vikes for the Pioneer Press. We talked uh, the latest news and, of course, uh, previewed Sunday's game at Green Bay. A lot on the line for both teams Sunday night. It'll be chilly at Lambeau Field. Looks like single digits at kickoff. And TV loves those cold-weather games. Coming up still on the program, a little bit later on in the hour, speaking of Vikings, Packers, Wayne Larravee, the longtime voice of the Green Bay Packers, uh, will join us. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers setting the record. Green Bay closing in on a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And he's had the opportunity of calling Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers throughout his career. And we'll get a preview on the game on Sunday night. Get his, get his thoughts on on John Madden and much, much more. That is Wayne Larrabee a little bit later on in the hour. And then one hour from now, we'll talk high school hoops. Of course, we're in that holiday break. Team's still playing, though. Jacob Dahman, boys basketball coach at Jacopee. Uh, the Sabres, one of the top teams in 4A again this year. And then about 8-20, Leah Dazovich. Uh, she's a girls basketball coach at Minnetonka. And the Skippers are having another good year. And, and we'll talk about that. And then uh, we'll get you ready for late night. Chris Tubbs, second night in a row filling in for Henry Lake. And and Tubbs getting rave reviews for his work on late night. So we look forward to visiting him at the end of the show. By the way, Timberwolves, uh, they are on the road to Salt Lake City. They'll play the Jazz tomorrow night. Our pregame at 7.30 with Cal Soderquist and the tip just after 8 o'clock. I'm trying to get Cal to come on at 8.35, uh, but he might be taking the night off. Who knows? Uh, Cal's got a very busy social calendar, so we'll see if that works out at 8.35 tonight here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Right now we are going to talk hockey and scheduled to join. Uh, Chris Peters covers hockey and uh Really, it covers the college game and prospects and all of that. So uh, as soon as Chris is available, uh, we'll have him jump on here. News Talk, E3OWCCO. They are playing again in the NHL. Uh, there still are COVID concerns. They have the taxi squads. And, of course, uh, they're in a situation now where they're going to move forward. That... They're going to go the route of the NBA, and if teams need to be put in some sort of health and safety protocol or on a COVID list, whatever you want to call it, that 
they're going to find a way to play games. Because the, the one thing we do know about sports, it is a business. And the NHL pause, and now they've got a way forward. The NBA has had some postponements, but as the league hasn't shut down. And we know about the NFL. We knew they were going to continue to march on. There wasn't going to be any sort of pause whatsoever. Now they moved some games and spread them out. There were some games on a Tuesday, but they're going to keep going. And uh, speaking of that, Chris Peters joins us on the line right now. Chris, Happy New Year to you. Hey, Steve. Happy New Year to you as well. It's been uh, been a wild couple of days here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's let's start uh, World Juniors. I know we when we had you on last, uh, we kind of did a preview of the World Juniors and teams getting into Canada, and they got teams into Canada. They had some positive test results, and they just pulled the plug. They just said we we're not going to continue. And, and we know the Canadian government has taken a much harder line than say uh, the United States has as far as it's come to COVID nineteen, and it's it's really a shame because it's a great annual event. Yeah, it's a shame for the players who you know did everything that they could to to make this happen, and, and certainly for all the, the the staff and everybody that, that that put a lot of effort into making this work. And really, what it comes down to is you know as you mentioned, there were a few positive tests, and then the the policies that they were running the tournament on essentially changed right before the tournament in terms of how they were going to have to isolate players and. Um, the way it worked out was that if there was a, even a single positive test on a team, the entire team was considered close contact and we had to be placed in isolation um, for a minimum of 48 hours. Uh, well, not I shouldn't say that. There were, they had the possibility to test out, uh, but they had to present two positive or two negative tests consecutively uh, in order to be cleared to play. And in three instances, the games were forfeited. Uh, canceled and forfeited, and that was uh, the United States had to forfeit against Switzerland, Russia had to forfeit against um, uh, Slovakia, and Czechia had to forfeit against Finland. So just because somebody tested positive on their team, and, and that's been a real issue. And so essentially as soon as that third game got canceled, it was felt that the, in addition to the health and safety of the players, that they were going to have to shut the tournament down because the, the competitive uh, the, the competitive balance of the tournament was really swung in that in the in the wrong direction. So um, essentially, they never got their arms around the situation. As we learned today, there were six additional players that tested positive um, in the last 24 hours, and so uh, basically, we were heading in this direction anyway. Uh, there were two tournament sites, both in Red Deer and Edmonton. Unfortunately, based on the way things were planned. In both of the hotels, the players were in hotels that were shared with the general public, and they were basically unavoidable to come in contact with people from outside of the tournament. And as we know, with the Omicron variant, it has become much more transmissible, transmissible even among the vaccinated. And because of that, this is where we're at. And so they basically made the decision. It was a very fast-moving couple of hours yesterday where we, we were thinking everybody was going to play, and then pretty soon it was all over, and that was that. Was that. And teams are currently working their way through trying to get everybody home now. Yeah, and you, you had plans to go up and cover it, and then ultimately you changed those plans. And, and we even talked about it that night, and I, I continue to speculate that, you know, this is going to be a challenge for the NHL. It isn't being talked about a great deal, but in my opinion – moving teams across the border and 
the the support staff, the coaches, everybody in an NHL traveling party. I don't know how they're going to manage that going forward. I, I, I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't know either. It, it's really getting to the point now where, where you know, there's really not enough that you can do and that things if things are going to be this strict um, and if they're they're going to continue to go forward with, with the way things are now, it's going to be very difficult to complete anything. Um, I've been hearing that there's a good chance that the Ontario Hockey League uh, will be paused for an extended period. The Quebec Major Junior League is on pause until January 17th at the earliest. Um, so we're talking about junior hockey already being massively affected by that. Their season's disrupted. Um, we're looking at things that feel like the beginning of the first wave in terms of the cancellation, postponements, the isolations, all those different things that we're dealing with presently. So I, I think at this point, you know, it's almost like we have to hit a pause button of some kind, figure out the best way forward. Um, the good news about this Omicron variant, at least as far as we know it now, and we certainly don't know the long-term effects and, and what, what else, what other impacts it can have, but it seems to be milder in terms of how it affects people, especially the vaccinated. And so that at least gives us some hope that maybe this is a variant where, where we can kind of work through it um, and hope for the best. But at the same time, um, you know, we, we, this, this coronavirus pandemic has been a moving target the entire time. So, uh, sure. and that was really one of the frustrations of, of the, the players and the staff and at the world juniors, is the protocols kept changing. They, they, they did not have the same protocols that they agreed upon. And as we're seeing protocols are changing everywhere and we're, and yeah. the recommendations yeah. are changing all the time. So, uh, it's really difficult to get a handle on. Yeah. And, uh... You know, big picture for the NHL with the juniors shutting down, I would think there's got to be contingency plans for the NHL where where the Canadian clubs come south of the border because I don't get a sense that you, you're going to see a big-time shutdown here in the United States. You could in Canada, and you talked about the Ontario League and, and so on and so forth and the, these major junior leagues you know, shutting down or going into a longer pause mode. The NHL's already been there, and I I haven't heard anything. I, I don't have it on good authority. My sense is, though, there has to be a contingency plan where Vancouver and Edmonton and Calgary and Winnipeg and Toronto and Montreal and, and Ottawa uh, end up coming to the States and, and finding a home here in the United States and continuing to play games. Just a thought. I, I know I'm going out on a limb a little bit, but I, I I just don't get the sense that the NHL is going to be, you know, the first league where it's like, yeah, we're just going to have to shut it down for a month and, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that they're, as of right now, they're delaying games that are involving Canadian teams. The, the, Montreal, or the Toronto Maple Leafs just announced that they will have no fans for the next three weeks minimum at their games. Um, and so basically we're, we're, we're just starting to get back into that, that, that kind of bubble life again. So, um, I, I think you're right. I think that the NHL is at least going to have to explore the possibility of, of, of having Canadian teams play here. Um, it's very bad for revenues for those teams. It's obviously not a, not pleasant for the players to be on the opposite side of the border when their families are, are more than likely in, uh, in, in Canada. So. You know, that's, that's certainly a problem that they're going to have to work through. I think there's, you know, there's going to have to be some adjustments. Really, the fact is 
the, the Canadian border is the major issue right now with the NHL. There are two different sets of rules. There's one for the U.S. teams, and there's basically one for the Canadian teams um, and because of the, the local restrictions. You know, the, the, the period of isolation after infection has been limited now from 10 days to five days. That is not happening in Canada. It is still 10 days. The players at the World Juniors have tested positive are isolating in hotel rooms for 10 days before they can leave the country. So that's, that's kind of where we're at in this, in this mm. process. And that's one of the reasons why the NHL put things on pause is because the players had to stay in their hotel rooms for 10 days if they tested positive while on the other side of the border. So that's, I, I think there's a lot of level of frustration there. Um, but I think the, the facts of, of, of COVID and certainly of the, the Omicron variant are a little bit different in Canada right now than they are in the U.S. just because yeah. of the spectacular spread that's happening right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that it's, it's getting to a point now, too, Steve, where I think we're going to have to start talking about the, the, the testing protocols and who gets tested and when. You know, the, the general public is, is typically not testing unless they have um, symptoms. Most you know, players are getting tested daily. And so even even when they don't have symptoms, you know, we're, we're starting to get into, the, into this issue where, you know, you're trying to be preventative of finding out when there are positive tests, but now it's getting to the point where we may not know for a long time, you know, <laughs> how, how, ma- how many games we're going to lose or yeah. how much is going to happen. So I, I, I think that right now there, there's got to be a, a, a long look at everything and how we're, how we're handling this right now. Um, you know, the good news is a lot of people aren't feeling very sick when it happens. There certainly yep. have been instances where players have gotten pretty sick and, and lost weight and had to deal with things that, you know, we're, we're not fun and, and you, you hate to see that. But I also think that, you know, we're kind of at this point now where we got to figure out the, the way forward um, because as, as sports leagues are finding out and as, as, as Canada and the IIHF found out at the World Juniors, um, you know, everything's kind of hanging by a thread right now and there's, there's got to be a better way forward. Uh, Chris, do you have a few more minutes? I want to get back, talk about college hockey and uh, a, a little more NHL before we let you go. Is that all right? Absolutely. Yep. All right. Chris Absolutely. Peters joining us. Uh, has covered the game for a long time. Certainly prospects. Uh, the college game was planning to be at the World Juniors. Didn't travel. It was ultimately canceled. Uh, more hockey talk with Chris coming up here on News Talk. E3LWCCO. Max, he has the night off as he's getting all that winter weather gear ready for the winter classic at Target Field. It will be below zero. Could be the coldest winter classic. Could be the coldest outdoor game in NHL history. Chris Peters joining us talking hockey. And uh, Chris, are are you going to be in Minneapolis Saturday night for that game outdoors at Target Field? Man, uh, it, it is sold out. And for the hearty souls that show up, oh, my. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, Omai is right. I I will not be there. I did, you know, having initially planned to go to uh, to the World Juniors, I, I yeah. wasn't even to be available. And now now I was like, well, I, I obviously didn't apply for credentials as, as a result. But you know, I think it's it's certainly a long time coming. The Winter Classic's going to be in in Minnesota, and that that there's going to be an opportunity to have you know uh, the game there. I was at the Stadium Series game uh, at uh, at the Gopher Stadium. Uh, uh, a few years back and, and 
that that was such a spectacular experience. And, and the, my favorite thing from that whole process was actually the the old North Stars Blackhawks alumni game that was played the day before. Sure. Um, uh, the stadium series. I was. I mean, it was so incredible to see Mike Madonna with number nine and 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 wearing the wearing the, the North Stars jersey then. So. You know, I, I, it's such a great celebration of the game. It's certainly still one of the most important events in, on the NHL calendar. I, I'm excited to see what TNT does with it as they'll be covering it on TV. It's you know no longer NBC, so um, it's an opportunity to see kind of where things are with with the with the Stadium Series or sorry with the Winter Classic, and um, you know how, how it's going to transition into this new era um, uh, on television as well. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot, you know, a lot of familiar faces from the previous uh, previous broadcast, but it's going to be a cold one, that's for sure, and, and that's oh. going to make things interesting. That's going to make things interesting. Yeah, challenge for the players and then the fans as well. We have a wind chill advisory, so it'll be bitterly cold. One of the things I wanted to get your thoughts on: uh, we, we talked about uh, in Canada, major juniors going into pause mode. Any thoughts on college hockey? Because we have holiday tournaments right now. So far, so good. And once again, college hockey, once again, it's United States rules. I'm sure we're going to see some postponements. But my sense is the plan is to continue the season for the men and the women. It it is. It is. And as of right now, there have been some postponements of of individual games and series. and or cancellations a lot of non-conference games are played around this time of year as teams get back from break and um you know are working to get the shake the rust off and everything else but there have been a few out east and it's really going to come down to the individual school policies i think that they're the ones that are setting the standard for for what the what the testing situation is going to be um i think a lot of the ncaa schools are not doing daily testing they're they're not doing asymptomatic testing um and so that you know that potentially allows for for more games to continue as we go forward um but yeah i mean i think as of right now the the, the, every everyone in college hockey is fully anticipating being able to play the season having the frozen four for the men and women having the conference tournaments and all those different things um you know as things shift i'm sure there'll be different protocols and certain things that every everyone has to follow but for the most part it seems like college hockey has been less impacted by by the pandemic than most other levels of, of hockey at this point. Yeah, and uh, tonight, by the way, in non-conference number six, UMD at number one, Minnesota State, and uh, that came scoreless in the first period. And you got the Great Lakes Invitational, uh, Michigan State beat number eighteen, Michigan Tech three to two at Mun, and then at Yost, number four, Western Michigan against number three, Michigan, in that tournament. And then uh, it looks like there's an event out east as well. Boston College beat Merseyhurst 4-2. And then Dartmouth up on New Hampshire 1-0. So there are some games on the schedule. Minnesota still uh, in that break for final exams in the holidays. Uh, no more Mariucci Classic, at least uh, this year. And who knows, maybe that will return. Well, Chris, always good to visit with you. And uh, once again, how do people find your work? I know... Uh, you, you've been covering the game for a long time. Where do they find you now? Yeah, well, I, I'm writing uh, for dailyfaceoff.com. That's one place to find my work. And then I also am running my, my own Substack site called Hockey Sense with Chris Peters, and it's hockeysense.substack.com, which is a subscription site. And then I also have my, my podcast, Talking Hockey Sense, which is available wherever you can get podcasts. All right, Chris, always good to visit with you. Stay safe, and uh, ho- hopefully we can uh, catch up again soon. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Steve. 
All right, there he is, Chris Peters. Covered the game for a long time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 